0: Who went to the gathering on Wednesday nights for the past year or so? You've been there? I see a few hands. So fun. I can't wait till they come back next year. It was such a great time. All those are nodding. They're like, yeah, it was great. Well, a few weeks ago at the gathering on Wednesday evening, I shared a story about a little boy named Oliver whose family was really active at church. Him and his siblings went to everything choir, vacation Bible school, Sunday school. Him and his siblings loved it. And that's why it was super weird this one day when Oliver told his mom that he didn't want to go. His mom said, well, why not? Jesus. (laughs) She said, what? He said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. All we ever talk about is Jesus. I remember thinking sort of that same thing when I was younger. Love, 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 all we ever talk about is love. I mean, we do talk about love a lot around here, don't we? It makes sense, Jesus talked about love a whole lot. Love thy neighbor, love your enemy, love God, love me, love yourself, and now here we have another scripture that begins and ends with love. A little known fact about me that is now more widely known today is that I love Valentine's Day. It's my favorite holiday. I know, Christmas and Easter are awesome and fabulous, but I love Valentine's Day. For one, pink is the most amazing color in the entire world, and I love looking at it in all of the stores, and people tend to wear pink on that day, which makes me really happy. And I know the arguments saying that it's a commercialized holiday and it's all about romantic love and leaves people feeling left out. And that really is a fair argument. But more often I hear the argument about how it's just one day and we should be showing people that we love them every day. Here's the thing. A lot of times we don't do that. In the midst of the craziness, we often don't show people that we love them. Not just a spouse, but our friends, our grandparents, our kids, our grandkids, teachers, classmates. So I see nothing wrong with a day that encourages us to take a little bit of extra time to remember and articulate our love and appreciation for the people around us. That is kind of what Jesus was up to in our scripture for today. The section of the gospel that we are in is what's called the farewell discourse. It's the part where Jesus is saying his goodbyes and see you is to the disciples, helping them to make sense of what has happened, what's about to happen, and showing and telling them some pretty important things before he makes his exit. Let's set the scene a little bit. They're all in what I imagine to be a very cozy upper room, seated around this big table, set for this special meal. Jesus has just washed their feet, calling them all his friends. Maybe their feet are still damp from that amazing act of humility and love. And then... He tells them how one of his friends in the room is going to betray him and another one is going to deny him. And then he's going to be gone. Understandably, the disciples are wrestling with some pretty big emotions. They're anticipating the grief, but also maybe anger, abandonment, hopelessness, fear, impatience, confusion, worry. What are we going to do without you? And that's when he said the scripture that we heard today. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And hold on before we start saying, I don't like that. Let's think, commandments, specifically Jesus' commandments. What commandments did Jesus ever give in John's gospel? Unlike, say, Matthew's gospel, Nowhere in John does Jesus command us to go the second mile or turn the other cheek or render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, none of that. Famously, Jesus gives only one single commandment in John and it occurs right in the chapter before ours for today. Jesus says, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. He actually reiterates this commandment in the chapter after ours as well. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. We see then that Jesus is not threatening us. You say you love me, keep my commandments or else. No, he's inspiring them. He's inspiring trust, comforting them with those big emotions that we talked about as they face the idea that their friend is going to be leaving them, that it's going to be up to them to continue this movement, establish the church. He said, you won't see me, but God will give you the advocate the spirit that will live inside you, dwell within you. You'll never be alone, I am with you. Are any of you ever confused by the spirit? Like what is it? Sometimes it's referred to as a she, but then also as fire and then like wind or a gentle breeze or like Jesus alive in each of us. And then What does it do? What does the spirit do? Like wind, it blows through wherever it pleases. It's here and there and everywhere. Sometimes the spirit feels very mysterious and kind of hard to grasp, right? The same goes for love. People love to philosophize about love. Love is so ethereal and makes for heady poetry and abstract art. Forget all the theologians that have tried to explain the different kinds of love with big words that you have to sound out in order to say chapters upon chapters of theologizing to approach it from every single angle. But here's the thing. In John's gospel, these things are really concrete. The spirit is called the advocate. Other translations say helper, comforter, counselor and the actions of the Spirit are described as teaching, reminding, abiding, testifying. Those are pretty concrete. I know what those words mean. Then there's love. Love is not philosophical and mysterious. What is it? In the Gospels, Jesus shows us that loving one another is a lived reality. It's sharing a meal, washing feet, Feeding, touching, healing, speaking. Once again, I am struck by just how countercultural Jesus' message was and still is. Those healings that Jesus performed would have been shocking to everyone around them, touching the untouchable, valuing lives that have never been valued before, washing the disciples' feet. That night was incredibly countercultural, subverting the hierarchical structure of the day, saying the last and the least will come first, choosing love over power. And my goodness, the words that Jesus spoke that evening around that table were countercultural as well. You remember? He spoke out against his friends, he admonished them for their actions. He said, you will betray me and you will deny me. In other words, I love you, but this is not okay. What you're up to is not the faith foundation I have been teaching about and preaching about and showing you. You know, it's not often that we think about love in this way, is it? This love that Jesus is teaching us about is not mushy, gushy, conversation, heart, candy, love. It's gritty and honest and can spark some really hard conversations, uneasy feelings, and even some conflict. Love is not just a bouquet of flowers. Love is diligently guarding the open field where the flowers can grow wild and free. Love is not just a box of chocolates. It's an abundant feast of a table where all people are not just wanted but needed, where the table was set in spaces made with their needs in mind. Love is not allowing voices of hatred and harm to have access to microphones, TV networks, and pulpits. Love is amplifying the voices of the marginalized. Love is not just reading about racism or having more conversations about it. Love is marching with our black and brown siblings, advocating with not just our minds, but our wallets, time, and privileged power. Love is not letting uncomfortable topics be swept under the rug. Love is holding our siblings accountable for their actions, admonishing those who are abusing Jesus' vision of the value of each person. I have some dear friends who back in college made some decisions that created a pretty big mess of broken relationships and friendships. It led to some of their friends banding together and my friend being cut off from the rest of them, made only more complex by the fact that they were all roommates. Years of friendship down the drain, I remember this one day in the heat of this very explosive time. My friend came over to eat dinner with me. She brought in bags of groceries not to make dinner but to store in my fridge and freezer because she couldn't bear being in the presently volatile shared kitchen. I so vividly remember the conversation that we had as we were putting away her food in my fridge. I empathize saying how devastating it is to have lost these once dear friends. I cried with her as she described some of the things that they said to her and said about her. But then I remember taking a deep breath and mustering the courage to say what I said next. I said, just to be clear, you messed up really badly and I totally understand where your friends are coming from You broke their trust in a huge way. I don't agree with what you did, and I don't agree with the decisions that you made. I remember my friend looking me in the eyes saying, I know, I know. It's been close to a decade since all of that went down, and just a few weeks ago, me and the same friend were sitting together on the couch, She brought up this tough conversation from all these years ago and she said, I learned a lot about what true friendship looks and sounds like that day. I needed to hear what you said. You held me accountable for the bad decisions I made. I'm so grateful for that and how you loved me through it. It is not often that we think about love in this way, and it can be difficult to identify it as such, to identify some of these hard conversations as love. We don't think about the hardness of love, the work it takes, the needed conflicts, and how holding people accountable and setting boundaries and apologizing is love and can bring about deeper connection. I think we all know who Brene Brown is by this point, yeah? Mm -hmm. In her book, Daring Greatly, she says, boundaries are not easy, but I think they're the key to self-love and I think they're the key to treating others with love. She says, nothing is sustainable without boundaries. They're not walls, they're not separation, they're not division, they're respect. Brene Brown goes on to talk about how important holding ourselves accountable is, how apologizing is love as well. She says, Apologizing is central to everything we hold dear to family, to marriage, to leadership, to parenting, to our ability to love ourselves and love other people. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Jesus said, no one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And isn't that the truth? My gosh, speaking hard words of truth to our loved ones is really hard and sometimes feels like we're actually putting our very life on the line. Apologizing can be equally as hard or even more so for a lot of us. But there's another really important point that Jesus is making here. These are his friends, his best friends. It's only through deep friendship, a relationship that we can do this, speak words like this, love in this way. By this, Jesus said, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And we know, people of God, that Jesus was not just telling his disciples in an upper room, he was telling us. He was telling us that loving one another in this way is simple but not easy. It's sharing a meal, washing feet, feeding, healing, speaking, holding ourselves and our neighbors accountable. But may we not forget the second half of Jesus' teaching. God has given us the advocate, the spirit, the spirit that lives within each and every one of us, the helper, comforter, counselor. And may we not forget the power of that spirit, the spirit within us that has the power of reconciliation, the power to build up, the power to forge anew, to mend and tend and bring wholeness and healing, love and hope. May that spirit be with you now and always, amen.